connected by AT&T. Welcome to Between the Horns. I'm Miles Simmons. I'm joined by the Marco Farr. It is May the 4th. May the yeah. 4th be with you. Really? Yeah. I like it. You yeah. know who else said that today? Who? My 16-year-old daughter. That's awesome. So thank you very much. That means you're doing a good job as a parent. <laughs> it is. Uh, what a story. Still around. But yeah, yeah. may the 4th be with you Yes, too. yes, exactly. I'll, I'll respond so, in kind. <laughs> yes. We have a lot to talk about uh, coming off Miles, of... I am your father. The, Sorry. No! <laughs> that's impossible! My hand just fell off. Okay, anyway, go ahead. Yeah, all right. <laughs> we got a lot to talk about uh, yes. coming off of the NFL draft. Um, yeah, a Whoa. lot of picks. And, you know, a lot of people were talking about before the draft, oh my gosh, the Rams don't have any picks, but they still, they got eight players, they got four on offense, four on defense, and I think we can say that the Rams got better. You know, I hope so. Um, funny, I mean, you know, when leading up to the draft, uh, when you talk to people outside the building, it, it they made it seem like the Ram didn't have any picks at all because you didn't have a first rounder. And yes. I get it, those are the premium players and you want as many first rounders on your team as as possible. But I, I saw a couple of teams loaded with first rounders that didn't win. So picking in that round isn't the end-all be-all, but you did have some good picks. But I, I thought this was going to be an interesting way to see how Les Snead and Sean McVay vibe as a football couple, so to speak, mm -hmm. by how they pick and who they pick. So. Um, I, I think the first three picks tell you, look, they're going to fix the offense. They're going to supplement Jared Goff. And if you go a little bit deeper, um, you know, all these guys are reasonably smart players on mm -hmm. offense. They're heady guys. I mean, uh, just for God's sakes, go listen to anything said about Cooper Cup. It, it's all positive. Oh, uh, yes. I want this guy to marry my daughter type plus play on my football <laughs> team. So. Um, it just gives you an insight as to the the new era of Rand football in, with Les Snead and Sean McVay. Yeah, you know, that partnership and being in the draft room, you know, I got a, kind of got to see it unfold. You know, they really were in sync. You were in the draft room? I was in the draft room. Did you room. say anything? No, were hell you nervous? no. You were quiet? I was really nervous. You didn't mess? Really? Did yeah. you go to the bathroom? I did. A did couple you raise times. your hand? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was okay. I mean, we can get into this part. I'm just of sorry. It. Go ahead. Yeah, that's no. interesting. Go ahead. Yeah. So yeah. we were. Um, we the way we had it set up. I mean, I was basically sitting in the corner. So like, I don't know. If Nobody you go, puts baby in the corner. Yeah. Well, they put me in the they corner. They put you in the corner. I am not yeah. baby. But um, so like, they, I call it the cornerstone corner with Miles Simmons because nice. if you look on the uh, on the Rams.com, you know, we've got these uh, photo galleries of everything that was going on inside the draft room. And so there are a couple of pictures of me because I'm right by the Cornerstone mm -hmm. monitor, you know, because they paid for that monitor to be in there. And so, yeah, you got to show them off somehow. But, like, yeah, that was the Cornerstone corner with Miles Simmons. But Smart. I was, yeah. you know, observing basically all of the things that were going on. And now we've got these articles on therams.com. If you haven't checked them out, do go do that. Um, it, it was really just interesting a, to see the process of how things unfold, right? Yeah. You know, so you're, Did you're it match what you thought? I don't or know was what it better I thought. Or worse, what? I, I don't really know what I thought. Um, it's interesting. I mean, obviously, you know, you, you kind of get to see the draft board, and even though I'm mm. looking at it, I don't know what in the world it is that I'm it's looking still at. It's coded. <laughs> yes. You're right. It's extremely coded. So, right. like, even if I wanted to be able to, like, espouse everything that I, I, I don't know what the hell it is that yeah, yeah, I'm looking yeah. at there. So, I mean, you know, you, you see players' names, but there's all kinds of um, other things How that go into it. How much do you think that board is worth when you think about it? And you have to code it. Because you can't tell yeah. people what you're thinking and how. Right. So how much is that worth? I don't Not know. Not just this year, but I'm for years. 
Yeah. Bad drafts hamstring a franchise forever, That's it seems true. like. Good drafts propel them for the next 10 years. So well, right. I how mean, much is that line of thinking worth? It's right. interesting. You no, know, I mean, just the way you think about, um, you know, you just brought up teams that have multiple first-round picks, mm -hmm. and then they still can't get over that hump. I, I yeah. think about the Cleveland Browns, especially in this sense. I mean, how many times... He said it first. I did. He but, brought up the Browns. Uh, well, See, I'm not because, Browns back. No, because it, it, yeah. it's how many times can one franchise have two first-round picks and, and then right. still mess it up. Yeah. I mean, between Johnny Manziel and Justin Gilbert a couple years ago, going back even further with Trent Richardson and Brandon Whedon, uh, the list goes on and on and on, right? right? So, again, yeah, you're right. Like, bad drafts? Like, yeah. what, what does then, that mean? Look at New England. Right. They get lucky. Doesn't that just drive you crazy? But how much How much is it luck? How much is it the talent evaluation? Well, I'm going to go talent with the, Belichick in New England. Yeah. Finding a Brady type. And then, um, the, and then yeah. coaching them up, too. And, and doing a great job developing those guys, yeah. which is what, going back to the Rams draft, I mean, uh, I'd wonder, is the draft room like the press box rules? Like, once the pick is made, you're not in there clapping or anything, right? It's all business? It was pretty much all. Well, I wouldn't say that there was, like, applause, you know? Right. I mean, in some some videos and this is the other interesting thing now you know you've got all of the basically in-house content um, people right so you know we've got Rams Broadcasting Network you know you want to go up to the 49ers I got 49ers studios and anywhere you want to look all these teams now have their in-house broadcasting department basically in the draft room right so there. that right. they can capture the call and then you know they all send it to NFL Network and then NFL Network just plays all of these different things so I think there are different draft room styles, at least that, you know, based on seeing those videos and that. Um, so there are some teams that, you know, they put get the pick in and they got the pick on the phone and then they start clapping yeah. and that's kind of one thing. Um, in the Rams draft room, it, it wasn't necessarily that. Okay. I mean, like they were pumped. They were pumped after getting these picks, you know, especially in the times when um, they would move back. They had a guy in mind. You know, you're kind of rolling the dice. It's almost like, you know, gambling right. a little bit, you know. Sort of. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't kind of like to equate I mean, you're going on to, a hunch. You got a gut. Right. And you're hoping. Yeah. And I sort of don't like to make that comparison because these are actual people's lives and it's not just money, but and, you we know get what I mean? It, Miles. Yeah. We didn't mean gambling. I'm just, I, I'm, tr I'm trying to be nuanced. I don't know. Just move on. Yeah. Go ahead. So, but when they would get a pick after they traded yeah. back and they still get the guy in mind, and I'm thinking specifically of Gerald Everett and uh, Josh exactly. Reynolds. Yeah. And I got more texts because of that pick. Like, really? what are they doing? Oh, da, 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 da. And you have to remember that, you know, the Mel Kuypers, the Todd McShays get paid millions of bucks to rank these players. And they're pretty good at what they do. And if a GM and a coach goes outside of that and maybe picks a guy higher, it's their job to defend their list. Sure. By, you know, I guess, talking down on the pick for the Rams. I right. thought this was a little bit early. But if you go and look at, you know, what Sean McVay likes to do offensively, the pick actually makes sense. Oh, yes. And then you go back and look at what Everett did in college at South Alabama. I mean, it's not hard to find him on film. They're no. going to him. Yes. Um, I, I think he had their longest reception of the year, 79 I, yards. Yeah. A tight end mm -hmm. had their longest reception. So going the guy's down explosive. The yeah, and then you watch him closely. The, the guy knows football. He's very smart. He takes what the defense gives him. So it actually fits, fits and makes sense. It's just not what the draft pundits had in mind. But, I mean, it, 
those two are never really in line when you think about it. Of course not. And that's because those draft, you know, analysts, mm -hmm. I hesitate to call them experts because who really is an expert? Well, look, there's a lot of work that goes into it. I, I give I them credit. No, yeah. yes. And I guess when I want Mel to make Kiper that clear. can go for an hour without looking down in his notes. Yeah. yeah that's work. No, he <laughs> yeah. is doing work. Yeah. But, and so is Mike Mayock. I mean, and Todd McShay. Those Same guys, guy. those guys do, a, yeah, they yeah. do a lot of work. They watch a lot of film. But they're not in the rooms with the other talent evaluators, you know what I mean? They're right. not in there with the 32 GMs, you know, vice presidents of, of, of uh, player personnel, whatever you want to call them. So that's why sometimes these things get a little bit skewed. And so while, you know, people might say that Gerald Everett was a reach for where the Rams picked him, I just don't see that to be true, especially having been in the room where it's kind of like, okay, you see these tight ends are starting to go off the board. Chicago picks an athletic tight end, the pick after mm -hmm. the Rams are on the clock. And just the way things were going, I mean, Evan Ingram also goes in the first round to, to the New York Giants. I don't think it's as much of a reach as people are trying to say. Well, as long as it works, as long as Jared Goff gets better and the offense stays on the field and scores points, then... Really cares. <laughs> yeah, I mean, exactly. who really cares? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you. But what you have is you have an athletic replacement for Lance Kendricks. Mm -hmm. uh, you had a big gaping hole there. You you do have Tyler Higby. You have some options here, but you add another weapon to the arsenal, so it actually makes sense. And I love the Cooper Cup pick. Yeah. Um, that dude did nothing but destroy any Pacific Northwest team he, he came across. Yes. Really? And I remember watching him play against Washington, right? And uh -huh. then looking down and saying, this kid's from Yakima? He's <laughs> yeah, from Washington? That's so funny, yeah. Why isn't he wearing purple and gold? Okay, <laughs> it, okay, maybe he didn't want to go to UW. Those kids from that part of the state right. who don't like UW, who are that good, they become Cougars. Mm -hmm. So why isn't he at Washington State? Right. Okay, maybe he wanted to go to Oregon. Okay, maybe Oregon didn't recruit him. And if you look at what he did versus those teams, he torched Oregon. Mm -hmm. So maybe he wanted to be a duck, but I love that pick. I think this guy is tremendous. I think he's going to have a hell of a career. I'm glad he's here. I bet I know who else is happy he's here. Who? Jared Goff. Yeah, probably. There's a guy out there running patterns that I can trust. Yes. 100% of the time. Great pick. Mm -hmm. Love the pick. I, it makes sense to me because he is such a solid pass catcher, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that is something that the Rams have sorely lacked. I mean, you, you talk about what he did against Oregon. That's going back to 2015, but he had 15 receptions, 246 yards, three <laughs> touchdowns. Like, that, that's, let's be clear, that's half a season, basically, yes. for what a lot of the Rams wide receivers had were doing last year. Had screaming like I was Apollo's trainer, stop the fight, please, <laughs> he's killing them. I'm, I'm serious, no, he was that good. And you keep wondering, like, all these Northwest schools, Pacific Northwest schools, why didn't one of these people, these coaches or recruiting coordinators, Find him. Right. How do you let this kid out? How, how does this kid wind up going to Eastern Washington? Well, especially beyond me. He has a football pedigree. I mean, there yeah. are people in his family who have played in the NFL. Um, what I've kind of read, and I'm really interested to ask him about this once he starts getting around here, is that he was sort of undersized kind of going into college. Mm -hmm. and basically, he turned from like a guy who was about 5'4", to now he's 6'2", he he's like 206. See, I've heard that. He must have looked terrible Yeah. Yeah, as a freshman. I would love to see sort of a picture of him yeah. as what, what he looked like. Well, sometimes you got to look, be I guess you have to look beyond body type and just realize what a guy can do. But, I mean, if you're in an arms race in the Pac-12, I mean, you're looking for height, weight, speed, moving on probably. Mm -hmm. Uh, nine times out of ten, you're going to be right with the height, weight, speed guy, and guys like Cooper Cup are going to slip through the cracks. But what I liked about it, 
He let you know that you made a mistake <laughs> yes. every time he was on the field. Seriously. Yeah. And so now the thing about him, and the thing I think is, is good, and you were talking about this, him being a precise route runner, you are going to know where he is on the field every single time. And that is something that the Rams definitely need. You need guys to be able to move the chains on yeah. third down. You know, if right. it's third and five, get to five yards, plant, give him the target, get the pass going and go. And I, I think that it can be effective in the NFL. And I don't mean this in a negative sort of way, but the 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 saga of Greg Robinson. And we talk about this guy all the time. We Athletically, do. top five. Right. Am I right? Maybe even better. Mm -hmm. But when you turn on the film, bottom third, and I'm being generous, you of are. all left tackles. You okay, are. so now he's bumped over to right tackle, yada, yada, yada. So you have to value what's above the neck. Mm -hmm. And I heard Sean McVay said that. Since he said that, I've been kind of pondering that. You know, that actually makes sense. You can have all the talent in the world, but if you can't apply it mentally on the field, then you're actually a liability. Yeah. So bringing in guys that already have that part of the game mastered, like a Cooper Cup, that's only going to help you, especially on offense in this day and age. Yeah, you know, I, I like the joke that McVay told in the press conference where he, was, he said uh, to Eric Yarber, who's the new wide receivers coach, after they met with Cooper Cup at the Combine, you know, the, he's like, man, good thing we just hired you because I'm telling you, like, if this guy was interviewing to be a wide receivers coach, we'd probably hire him. Really? So, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's well, that's talking good about for everybody. Yeah, yeah. It, being a coach on the field. The way – I can't remember if it was McVay or if it was Yarber that said this, um, but uh, he said that the way Cooper Cup sees routes on the field is almost like a quarterback, you know, mm -hmm. in that the way he can diagnose coverages oh. from a wide receiver standpoint, and that helps him. I mean, when you have to diagnose if they're in cover three zone, right, and it's third and whatever, and you got to know, okay, where can I sit on this pattern so that Jared Goff can find me, and I'm in the soft spot in the zone. That's really important to do as a wide receiver. I've seen it. I've lived it. I've watched those guys do it, and we became champions that way. Hmm. I had a group of guys. That's why they're all winding up in, in, in the Hall of Fame yeah. right now. They're that good. They, they all see the field in the same way. Um, if I had one wish right now, a football wish, I wish Cooper Cup was actually a quarterback. Huh. Wouldn't that be something? Well, I'm serious. I wish you could put that sort of demeanor into a quarterback body. I mean, you've got it all there. Hmm. He's a receiver. He's going to help. But yeah. if you have a guy that, that's willing to, to work at it and learn that much and learn every position, imagine if that guy was leading your football team. Well, It'd be perfect. I don't know, man. Let's look at, I want to pump the brakes on that. What? What do you I mean? don't know. I don't know. I well, mean, like, it's the same as saying I wish Tim Tebow had a better arm. Okay. The guy's a leader. He's he is a, leader. a leader. He's, He's a football leader. junkie. Yeah, I wish he, he didn't have that long, silly release. He wouldn't be playing baseball. He'd yeah. be winning championships <laughs> in football. <laughs> That's batting, all I'm saying. He wouldn't be batting yeah. 230 in single A ball for yes. the Mets. Oh, my God. You're that guy from Guardians of the Galaxy. You take what? everything literally. What? You are Dave Bautista's character. What character is that? Do we ask our producer? Drax. You were Drax. My new name for you is Drax. You take everything literally. Okay, I've never seen Guardians of the Galaxy. I know. That's bad. why I'm going to speak over your head. But you are Drax. Isn't yeah. he Drax? You take everything literally. I love it. I, well, I mean, if we're going to talk about the hypotheticals of things, like, I don't know. Like, I, I like to go one step beyond in the hypothetical. Like, if you're going to say Cooper, like, if you're saying Cooper Cup is the I, you, one. I wish you had a quarterback like that. that All right. worked that hard. Well, Does that make sense? who's to say Jared Goff isn't working that hard? He probably is. I think he is. I mean, I'm every, sure he is. Every time I've been at the facility, Jared Goff is always there, and I always see his car in the lot. Oh, I'm just, I'm sure Eastern Washington, when he was in college, if he could play quarterback, he'd be there. 
That's what well, I'm saying. Okay, <laughs> yeah. I get, That's I get, what I mean. All right. That makes more sense to me. Thank you. All right. Jeez. Well, we'll move on to, to Josh Johnson. <laughs> okay, Safety, go ahead. Boston College. Um, yeah. You know, he, he's a guy who's a converted corner. So he was playing corner more, and then he started all, I think, 12 games at free safety uh, for Boston College this last year. It seems like a guy to me watching him a little bit. He was a little bit better in run support than he is in coverage, but then again, I am certainly not a talent evaluator of defense. I would just put DB next to his name. Mm-hmm. Um, cornerback, safety, it's all the same. The guy's versatile. The sure. first thing I thought besides playing safety is special teams. Mm-hmm. Bones is going to like him. I mean, that's going to be a good replacement for some good special teamers that aren't going to be on this football team this year. Right. So um, it actually makes sense. And look, uh, the more safeties or slash DBs you can get in this league, in this division, then good. Right. Um, I, I thought that was a, a solid need pick and a good athlete there. Yeah, um, so the, the interesting thing to me right now is when we're talking about uh, the defensive backfield mm-hmm. of the Rams, it's sort of in flux, right? You know, you've got LaMarcus Jordan moving back. That's a nice way to put it. To safety. In flux. In flux. In flux. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Is When you buy a jigsaw puzzle when you first open it, that's in flux. <laughs> It's, it is, well, right? I, yeah, well, you got pieces. You got everywhere. Pieces, sort and, of everywhere, and you got to figure out. And it takes out, time to figure yeah, out. Yeah, they got to figure out how they're going to fit. And yeah. I have confidence. I mean, this is sort of the weird thing now, but with Wade Phillips, I just have confidence that it's going to be fine, right? I mean, look, Wade Phillips does not come into teams and their defenses get worse. It just, he's got a track record. Yeah, 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 and he's got a track record of 40 years that basically says when Wade Phillips is coming, your defense is okay. probably going to get so better. So that's, that's called the guaranteed not to suck. But do you have a chance to make the defense better? Well, and, and that all depends on the puzzle because yeah. like a jigsaw puzzle, you're guaranteed once you figure out where to put everything, it's going to make a nice picture for uh-huh. you. In football, it still may not. Uh-huh. Some of the pieces just might not fit. Right. So with Wade Phillips, I'll give you this. Guaranteed your defense isn't going to be horrible. Mm-hmm. But do you have a chance to ascend and be great? Now, you've got great pieces. You've got Aaron Donald. You've got one of the best players in football. But you've got to figure out how all those pieces fit in the back end. So um, I, I guess, what, you're, are you pointing the corner first or, or safety first for this football team? Both, right? I okay. mean, because you don't. You, you don't really know how things are going to go opposite Trumaine Johnson. I mean, Kayvon Webster, they've said great things about him. Wade Phillips knows him from their shared time in Denver, but he's never been the starting outside cornerback before. Give me the shutdown. You're, every team has a number one receiver. Everybody wants a number one receiver. There is a number one corner. Would you agree? Yes. Okay, so if you have a number one corner, in Tremaine Johnson. Yes. We can agree he's the number one corner. Absolutely. I think you can get away with by committee on the other side. Okay. We saw it last season. Now, it bit you in the butt in certain instances, yeah. but I think you can get away with that. Now, safety, I like LaMarcus at free safety if that's where they want to keep him. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you're going to lose some size and some thump, obviously, but he's willing. Wait a minute. You're going to lose some thump with LaMarcus Joyner? Well, he's not as big as the other safety. He's not okay. He's not as big as. But um, I'm willing to live a, a, with the, Maurice Alexander. Yeah. But he's gonna he's gonna bring it, man. He's gonna bring. He does. He he throws his body around, and I love it. Yeah. I love that type of guy, and I can live with the two or three times he he bounces off a guy. Yeah. Because it's gonna happen. He's just it, not the okay, biggest. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Earl okay. Thomas bounces off guys he sometimes. Does. He's not he the does. biggest guy in the world. Mm-hmm. So, um, as long as he can handle that safety spot, and Mo Alexander keeps getting better, I think you're fine at safety. Yeah. I think you're fine in the secondary. You need depth. But I think you're fine as far as your frontline guys. Right. But then you have to say, okay, who's playing nickel 
I mean, Nikel Roby Coleman probably slots into that role. That's the one guy I'm saying, I guess I'm circling, you're going to have to be that guy. Yeah. Yeah. If not, then, I mean, look, if, if not, then you still have LaMarcus. You're going to have to figure out what to do with safety. Right. You run into the same problems that the last group had mm -hmm. on defense if you lose a guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so then you have, you still do have a little bit of depth with EJ Gaines, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, Mike Jordan played a little bit. Got he, some he played, experience. Yeah, played well in spots. Troy Hill obviously going to have to serve as two-game suspension. Let's go back suspension. to Mike Jordan. How do you say this? He got a... He got a lot of experience last year. Yeah. A ton of experience. For somebody who came in as, a, as an undrafted rookie and then spent time on the practice squad and, and then they got elevated. And they came right after him. They did. You know, for the most part, I mean, like, early it was like, okay, wow, he's getting his feet wet. But as he got more reps, you could see his confidence growing. I agree. And he, he made some good plays down the stretch. So, yeah, there's... There's experience behind some of your frontline guys. Yes, yeah. and, and that's kind of what you need because, I mean, the way defensive backfields work and the way offenses work, you're going to need more than three corners, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's just the nature of offenses today in the NFL. What was the guy? I can't remember his name. Oh, my goodness. Uh, the Rams signed him, had him, let him go. He was expected to play major minute. Major Cody Sensabaugh? Sensabaugh. Sensabaugh. And then you had to change course later on. So yeah. that's the question mark. Remember we were expecting him to be and, X? Yeah. And, and he was Z? He, yeah, he was zero, but then, unfortunately. You don't have to, come on, disparage the guy. I'm not. Just saying. I was being kind. But you had a plan with this guy in mind, and it did not work, and you right. had to shift gears, and you still yes. made it work, which yeah. means... If you had your number one corner, I think you can get away with mix and match at the other one or two spots. Yes, and I think that's probably what we're going to see, especially, you know, first quarter of the season when coaches are still trying to get to know their personnel a little bit better, see what works, what doesn't. I, I, I keep coming back to this um, analogy, or I don't know, whatever it is, but the Miami Dolphins last year, you uh -huh. know, they did not start out very well. Yeah. And then they kind of got hot. We saw well, it that personally. Kid got hot running the football. <laughs> right, but I'm saying, you yeah. know, but that's but that's the kind of thing yeah. that takes time under a new regime. True. You know, you, it takes a little bit of time to get everything going and, and to a figure giant, out everything. Right? Yeah, JJ. He started running over everybody. Yes, he did. Yeah, it makes it easier to win on Sunday. <laughs> well, right, and that's the thing. Yeah. I mean, you know, you hope that this year the the O line is revamped. You know, everything starts getting going so that Todd Gurley right. can be that guy and he starts running over everybody. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, look, as long as the offense has an identity, I, I think you have something. I wasn't sure what the identity was. I, I think we kind Nobody of lost knew what the identity. Was. I think we kind of lost sight of what they were trying to accomplish towards the end of the year definitely but I yeah. mean as long as you have some sort of identity like going back to the tight end pick if you're if Josh McVay covets tight ends and that's who he feeds the Sean. football to excuse me Sean McVay excuse me if <laughs> if he covets tight ends and that's who he wants to feed the football to yeah. in the passing game and it's working then so be it yeah I don't think anybody's going to care if your tight end is your leading receiver if you're scoring points absolutely not games. yeah and that, that was sort of the funny thing I think after that pick on Friday night he said something about yeah you know it's going to be great to have um to have Everett to have Higby to have Hemingway well, we do our 13 personnel and then yeah, we yeah. got three tight ends on the field and I get tweets and they're like what are they talking about three tight ends like this one's 2017 it's like hey do you care if they're going down the field and scoring points the answer is no. No, not at all. Yeah. Um, on the other side, as a former defender, yeah. I hate 13 personnel. 
because you don't know it's so anything. freaking multiple yeah yeah you don't know you're behind as a defense because right. you have tight ends that are blockers and receivers yeah yeah it's play action is it, it kills you um, if you don't have tight ends and you're trying to run 13, if they can't play, then it's easier for you. But <laughs> yeah, probably. Chances are, if you're running 13, all three of those <laughs> guys can play. You have three guys who can play. What was it Pitta and Dixon in, Bal- in, uh, in uh, Baltimore for mm-hmm. a while? Yeah. Um, they were, oh my God, they tortured people. Yeah. Yeah, while they were healthy, and then it didn't work out. Well, yeah. I mean, we've seen the Patriots try to do this kind of thing, too. I mean, think about last year with, yeah. um, with Gronk Gronkowski and, and yeah, And, and, and I was going to say Gronk and... God rest his soul, but the dearly departed. The dearly Hernandez, departed, yeah. but I mean, yeah, the you dearly. see the hell that two tight ends get, plays on a defense. Right, you're always going to be a man short. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So let's move on uh, to Josh Reynolds, uh, yeah, wide receiver out of Texas A&M, guy who can really stretch the field. I think role player. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you're gonna as as long as I mean he's going to have to develop his skill set, right? Yes. Um, but if what he does best is what this team needs yes so as long as they feed him and and don't change him at all early i think you can see some some really some explosiveness out of this out of this offense if he makes the opening day roster uh, you know the, the thing that sort of stands out to me about him is his sort of weight i mean he's six foot three but he's listed i think just under 200 pounds so i mean yeah. he's kind of Kind of a lightweight. He's Snoop got. Dog. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Uh, yeah, right. He yeah. could probably stand to to to, to gain a You ever a seen Snoop Dogg in a football uniform? There's uh, yeah. video of him playing football. It's really? It's kind of the same deal. Well, yeah, I mean, just... I've seen him in person. He um, Snoop Dogg came to Columbia my freshman year. He did a concert. Yeah. It was cool, but like that that really doesn't about have much the size to do with of that lamp. Pole. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just really, really, he is, really. He is rail, really rail thin. thin. Yeah. Um, but w- with Reynolds, w- what I like about him, having watched a little bit of him, is that he can elevate and he catches the ball with his hands. And I think that's something, too, that we really just haven't seen. I, I mean... We- we've seen guys elevate. They just didn't catch it. Right. Yeah. And you're thinking about the same guy I'm yeah. thinking about the, who is now in guys, Washington. Right. We've seen but, guys elevate a lot. Right. And yeah. I think if Josh Reynolds can come in and fill that kind of role where, you know, look, if you're on the four-yard line, you throw this guy a fade, you just kind of throw it up there, and gosh, I wish I could remember what the rules are for the fade. It was on... Gruden quarterback camp. Ah, whatever. But the rules for the fade? What do you yeah, mean? Yeah, it's like, you know, like you throw it when he's sort of eight yards something, and then like you throw it high. I, I'm i really botching this. This is a really great segment No, right this is now. fun. Please I, explain this to me. I, I, I'm trying to explain it, but I don't know what I'm a talking about. A fade route. About. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when you're just kind of in the end zone, you know, you kind of chop a little bit. You're breaking down, and then you're like, Cause it, could, could he go for a slant? Could he go for the fade? And then you're going for the fade, and then the timing's got to be right, but you got to make sure you're leading uh, your wide receiver up so that you're putting it where only he can get it. And that, I think, is something that if the Rams can do that with Reynolds, they'll be in good Thank shape. Thank God you're not a receivers coach. Oh, I would be Thank horrible. God, Miles, the offensive coordinator right there. Oh, yeah. I'm Love brilliant. It. This no. is why I score like 14 points no, a game. No, it makes then. sense. I see it, it, it's a, there's a definite need and a role mm-hmm. for him, and I think he fits the skill set. So when you look at Everett, then you look at Cup, and then you look at Reynolds, it actually makes sense. Now, right. that's saying all three of those guys get on the field. At the same time, which I don't know. We got a long we'll way see. to go before that. Right, exactly. Right, right. That's something that's probably two, three years. We got down a long road, way to go. Right? But yeah. I, I get where you're going with that. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I, what I like about him is that 
the, the talent evaluators in the room, in, in the draft room, were really, really, really excited about this pick. And, you know, uh, talking to uh, Eric Yarber, wide receivers coach, sort of right after the pick, he was saying that really didn't think this was a guy that would be around in the fourth round. And, you Makes know. Makes you wonder. A little. A little. Not a little. Makes you wonder. Well, look. the like, production. going back to Cooper Cup, how does this guy not wind up at a D1 school right, somewhere? Right, right. Okay. Why does he slip to the fourth? Sure. Uh, but I'm looking at the production. Yeah. The production is there. I mean, this guy caught a touchdown, at least one touchdown pass in his last eight games. That's what we do At know. Texas A&M. What don't we know? Right. Yeah. Well, right. So, <laughs> there's something there. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. And I'm not. I mean, maybe we'll find out. But right. I, I think maybe it is, you know, the, the weight. Maybe I, that's part of it. It you could know? be. It could maybe be size. It's, yeah. it, it's, he had a couple too many drops. I've seen that a little bit um, as you read it. But I, I, the, did you maybe listen to the phone call that he had with Les Snead and the rest of the I, stuff? Briefly, maybe. Go ahead. Yeah. So, but, I mean, he was, he was, you know, upset that he had lasted so far into the fourth round. And he's saying, like, you know, I'm coming in there and, like, man, you guys, you guys better get ready. Because, like, I'm, I'm coming. So, what receiver doesn't say that? Well, I don't know. But, you know. <laughs> That's when like you're, built into their DNA. I know. But, you like. Know? <laughs> yeah. And, and I tweeted this on, on Saturday. <laughs> but, like, I, I don't really like the expression, oh, he's got a chip on his shoulder. Because, like, oh, my God, who doesn't have a chip on their shoulder? Like, I have a chip on my shoulder. Okay. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So the <laughs> You're actually scaring me. <laughs> oh, please. <laughs> It's not like, what did I rant about that one time? And you're like, oh, what, what's going on? I don't here? know, Miles, you know? Yeah. My point is simply you're this. Guy, that you're a guy Josh, I keep in front of me. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Josh Reynolds is, I think, the kind of guy that we, we get the chip on the shoulder expression from. And then we use it for all kinds of different people. But he is somebody who, if you listen to that phone call, you can tell, like, man, this guy really does have a chip on his shoulder. Super competitive guys. Mm -hmm. um, and the funny thing is there are jobs open. There are jobs to be had on this football team. Absolutely. So good. You like people that don't feel like they're entitled to start. They need to earn it. Love that. Yeah. Makes everybody better. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but, I mean, it's not the people that I'm really interested in with this draft. It's really... I'm looking at it from a, a Jared Goff perspective anyway. Mm -hmm. uh, you have more training tools for him to get better. You've got yeah. a guy you can trust. You've got a deep threat. You've got this. You've got Tavon. You've got things that are going to help him mature as a quarterback in the National Football League going into year two. Not only that, but yeah. you also have the staff, coaching staff around him. You know, yeah. you've got Sean McVay, the head coach, with a lot of quarterback developing experience with Kirk Cousins. You've got Matt LaFleur, who was the quarterback's coach in Atlanta, and Matt Ryan just had an MVP season. I think it speaks for itself. And then Greg Olson, who was around the Rams for a long time, yeah. um, back in the mid-2000s, you know, and then he has gone on, and he's had plenty of success in other places, both as an yeah. offensive coordinator and a quarterback's coach. So this, I, this staff, along with the pieces that they have brought in, they are really trying to set up the offense for success. They're really working on it. Do you like Kirk Cousins as a quarterback? That's a loaded question. He, well, yes, because he has been effective. So, yes. Playoff guy, right? Uh, well, they I just, mean, they just what do you mean the playoff guy? They the, just went to the playoffs. He will you mean he will take you to the playoffs? What do you think his perception is? Around the league? Around the league. Internally, I know when you talk about the elites, his name doesn't come up. Well, no. When you talk about the bad quarterbacks, do you lump him in that group? I, w I don't think you can after the last couple of years he's had. Um, above or below Alex Smith? 
Just, just oh, me and man. you talking. Um, slightly below. I mean, they're like about the same yeah. for me. I, I, thought, I would say they're about the same. I thought Kirk Cousins has been, he, he lit it up the last two seasons. The only difference, and maybe this would actually put Kirk Cousins above Alex Smith in my mind, is that Kirk Cousins has shown a tendency and an ability to throw down the field more so than Alex Smith. Fair. And I maybe he pushes I, it a little bit Right, more. and maybe yeah. I have this perception because of the way I was studying Sean McVay's offense yeah. when the Rams hired Sean McVay, but there are plenty of examples of Kirk Cousins throwing down the field to either Deshaun Jackson, Pierre Garçon, um, even Jordan Reed. Big plays. Yeah, in but, the last few years. But even the short to intermediate, he's pretty accurate. He right? is, yeah. He's pretty good. So I, I think of Jared Goff and his maturation and his ongoing skill development. Yeah. If, if he has that same sort of growth pattern, mm-hmm. you're talking about a playoff football team sooner than later. Yes. So when I do say, well, I think Jared Goff can be Kirk Cousins, I don't know why people kind of snicker and laugh at that. Yeah, I would I, love I, to have a Pro Bowl quarterback on this football Yeah, team. I don't think that's insulting at all that's, based on yeah. what Kirk Cousins has done the last couple of years. It's either you got to be Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, or that's it. Right. There's no in-between. Wait a minute. There's some guys out there that are really pretty good at yes. what they do. Now, the team may not win as, as much as you like, but I don't think that's all because of them. Right. I think there's other problems that keep teams from winning, but if you can – if Jared Goff can have that same sort of incremental improvement that Kirk Cousins had in Washington, mm-hmm. then yeah, the whole trading up to get him and giving up a first rounder this year makes sense. Right, because then you have Jared Goff becoming a franchise quarterback. Yes. And that sort of seems to be the, the debate or discussion that continues to go on in Washington is whether or not Kirk Cousins is a franchise quarterback. And I think... By and large, you know, look, he's the best quarterback that Washington has had in probably the last 10 years, right? I mean, aside from the rookie year by Robert Griffin III, who is now out of the NFL Mm -hmm. right now. I mean, he's sitting home as a free agent. Uh, Nobody has had the kind of year for that franchise as Kirk Cousins has had over the last couple of years. So is he a franchise quarterback? I think right now you have to say yes. The, I think the problem is the paycheck that comes with it. Right. Yeah. But and that's, that's where people go, oh, I don't know. But that's the cost <laughs> of doing business in the NFL, isn't it? Right. I mean, that's just the quarterback is the most important position. Right. And it's the quarterback you're going to have to pay the most. And if you don't have Kirk Cousins, then what are you going to do? That's my point. Yeah. Now, if you so just, you got to pay him. If you just keep it to the field and forget about the money for a hot second and just look at how he plays and what he did last season versus some pretty good guys on the uh, other side of the football field, you would want that on your football team if you didn't have a quarterback. Uh-huh. But you may blanch when the paycheck comes due. Oh my God, 25 million. Wait a minute. Hold on a second here. That's, I mean, but the, yeah. thing, the thing that always gets to, gets me is, okay, like when fans say this, like, oh, I can't believe they're paying that much. Like, A, fans is not your money. It's not my money. It's, it's the ownership money. B, the salary cap is going to continue to go up. True. So basically, I mean, it's like when, uh, I just don't, but I don't want to tie up that much money into a guy that I'm not 100% sure about. <sighs> And I think that's fair when we talk about what else his do you ability. need to see in order. What what more would make you 100% sure? What like, Matt Ryan and, did, because Matt Ryan took it to a different level. But Matt Ryan has always kind of been Matt Ryan. He's been good. He's been solid. He's, he's been, been a franchise quarterback. And then this season, he, he turned into an elite. He one. went to great, and I and he's going to keep growing. I think. So yeah. I, I think Kirk Cousins is behind him slightly. 
Or may, uh, behind him. Mm, he's yeah. definitely behind him. And uh, he, So there's another gear there. Matt Ryan, I wouldn't even hesitate to pay him what he wants. Of course not. But that's, but again, to me, it's just the cost of doing business in the NFL. I think it's a lot easier to say, okay, this is probably a guy that we're not sold on because yeah. XYZ For, than it is to say we're really sold on this guy. So And we're just talking money. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So how basically I think the the key is to sort of bring it back to the Rams. How do you get Jared Goff to be the guy that you are sold on? I, so I, that he becomes the franchise quarterback. Well, you're getting the right pieces, the right type of guys here, guys that he likes, like I said, that's going to help him improve. Mm -hmm. And then you'll see what he does with this. Yeah. Yeah. If, if the offense starts to grow and then it, it takes off for stretches or maybe the whole year, I, I think that starts to turn a, a fan base and a franchise towards this is our guy. Right. For the future, he can write his own ticket. Yeah. And there's only, what, a handful of guys like that in the league, period. Right. Yeah. Exactly. But that I, are real I, legit. Some guys are getting paid like that, yeah. but they aren't those guys. Right. Yeah. And that's the, that's the thing you have to sort of work up to. And, and I think if this offense can get some kind of dynamic quality mm -hmm. so that they can go down the field and score, so it's not, you know, three and out and yeah. you're only converting two third downs a game or whatever it was, um, then that also is obviously going to sell you more on the quarterback. Right. There, there, the, the way this offense works, and my understanding of it, is that there are a lot of roles on this offense. And so you have to get the players around um, the quarterback in order to fill those roles so that those – the offense can have its dynamic quality. You can go down the field and score. So you need, yeah. like, your pass-catching tight end, um, like Gerald Everett is, is slated to be. You need probably another guy on the other side as a tight end, so uh, like uh, a Tyler Higby, right? Mm -hmm. You need guys on the outside who can stretch the field. You know, your, your Tavon Austins of the world um, and on one hand, and then probably your Josh Reynolds of the world. Mm -hmm. And then you also need somebody. Or Pharaoh Coopers. Yeah, perhaps. Throw yeah. Him out there too. Right, yeah. exactly. And then you also need your guys who are possession guys. So mm -hmm. that could be your Cooper Cup. As long as these roles are being filled, that I think wow. is how we're going to see the offense step up. What? Cooper Cup's possession, huh? Yeah. Uh huh. Okay. What? I see how you are. Oh, stop that. I see how you are. He's one of the, he has elite slot. Receiver wow, he's numbers. a slot guy too, huh? Wow. Okay. I'm just telling you what <laughs> what people have said over the la over the course wow. of this week. Okay, but the thing the thing about Cooper Cup though is so I guess I'll never thing. be quarterback. <laughs> Shut up, Marco. <laughs> not with your body type. That's why you're not going to be quarterback. Defensive anyway, tackle over ahead. there. You you're defense wow. over there. You have possession and slot. You have guy. defensive mind over there. Cooper, there he is, Stop right there. It. There's your guy, right G there. Give me a break. That's why he plays so hard because of that right there. <laughs> That's why. That's why he plays but so freaking no, hard. But here's what I was gonna, and you didn't really allow me to finish my <laughs> point, which is that a because he's six foot two and he's over 200 pounds, he can play on the outside. I mean, they lined him up out there yeah. at Eastern Washington, and I think he runs a bit faster. Than his what he was like four six yeah, forty plays faster I, than he yeah. than he clocks yeah right yeah, the, a lot of guys are like that exactly I don't know what Marshall Falk ran in the forty I know it's fast <laughs> I, I really do yeah. I, I'm being serious yeah. I don't know what his actual forty time was yeah. all I know is I've never seen anybody catch him well that's fair yeah Jerry Rice what's his forty time well who cares once he's out in front <laughs> goodbye yeah he's right. gone exactly so. Um, that's that's that. So let's go through uh, these last few picks here. Yeah. Uh, Samson Ebukam, uh, another Eastern Washington guy. Ebukan. What did I say? I'm just asking. It's Ebukan, right? Yeah. I love that name. Yeah. Sounds like something out of Star Trek, doesn't it? Yeah, I know. Yeah. 
I had like whole race of right, right after um, they they made the pick, I went to Joe Barry and I was like, and I want to ask you about this guy, but I don't know that I can pronounce his last name. So we had some pronunciation lessons. Ebukan, yeah, Kam. Yeah. Kam. Kam. Excuse me. Yes, I think See, it's, a, it's an M at the, at the end. Ebukam. Yes. Abel um, has a chance. Uh, yeah. Look, you're in a three-four. You're going to need stand-up guys that can go. Mm-hmm. Um, good for you. Um, I, I bet he's real happy being selected by the Rams. Oh, yeah. Yeah, heck yeah. So come in and do what you do best. Let's see where the chips fall. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Marcus Smart, his name is not Marcus. God darn it. It's okay. It's Tanzel. Marcus Smart is a basketball player. (laughs) That is so bad. You're so hard on yourself. Because you know what? I I wrote that. I knew. Relax. It's okay. His name is not Marcus. I'm it's so sorry, Tenzel. Tenzel. Smart. Yes, yeah, that's okay. He good guy, you know. He played well. I don't even know what you're going to say. Gosh, <laughs> it's okay. He's not a power forward. Uh, depth. Yeah, um, depth. I think is important. Yeah. Here's the funny thing, right? I think you have the best down lineman in football, and I'm being generous because I really think you have the best defensive player in football mm-hmm. on this football team, and Aaron yeah. Donald. Um, and I'm not worried about the transition from a four-three to a, a three-four. With Aaron I'm not Donald. Either. I'm not either. Wherever you put Aaron Donald, he's going to be Aaron Donald. Because he's a baller. Whoever's yeah. on over top of him has his hands full, and you're going to need two. Um, and that might actually be better if he's on the nose. Because I can tell you this, as a former three technique, mm-hmm. a tackle guard double team is a lot heavier than a guard center double team. True. Yeah. yeah, centers aren't as big as tackles. So you may have actually get more Aaron Donald. But hmm. here's the thing that I do worry about is what happens when AD takes a break. Uh-huh. What's on the field now? Where's your size? And if it is Dominic Easley, well, the size is similar, but the ability and strength may not be. Sure. So you might lose something there. So if I do have to put AD on the bench, I'd rather sub in. You're not going to find anybody as good or even close, <laughs> but at least I could go bigger. Right. At least I could say I got size out there. So I, the bigger, the better, or... The younger and stronger, the better. You know, watching him um, in some of his tape at Tulane, uh, I, it, he, they played a game against Memphis, and it was sort of the only one I can find. It was from 2015, but basically every play, he was into the guard at the snap, mm-hmm. and you could see the guard's head is, like, just back. And it's, you know, that's, to me it shows his strength. It shows how he can use his leverage. Um, and, you know, his he production was, co- was good, too. When I watch, I can tell he was coached very well. Hmm. I mean, his technique is, is he's got great technique. On run two and run away. Yeah. And run away is where guys can really take a break. Right. Playing defensive line, I'm letting you in on a secret. If the ball is going away, you could find ways to <laughs> get caught up in traffic so oh, you don't no. have to sprint yeah. 15 yards. Right. Yeah. You know, hold me back, hold me back, hold yeah. me back. But <laughs> when you see guys that are good on run two and away, they're pursuing hard, that's well coached. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 a good player. The, the thing that um, defensive line coach Bill Johnson said to me that, and I, I, that I took away from our conversation was they really liked Smart's production. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he had 18 and a half tackles for loss and five and a half sacks in his senior year at Tulane. And so when you're doing that from that defensive line spot, I, I think it says something. The sack is the coolest play in football because it's just you it's your, it is it's your time they give you a little chance to celebrate for a second yeah you know it's a big play so anytime you see a guy making plays up the field or let me back up when I say look as far as being a down lineman playing that position mm-hmm. if you're going to be wrong be wrong up the field yeah I, I mean that's something really it shouldn't be that hard to teach but it is hard for some guys right uh 
if they're wrong, they're wrong on the line of scrimmage. That's bad. Right. You don't want to be wrong there. Sure. Be wrong up the field. Good yeah. things can happen. So, obviously, he's got that part of, of, of the game down. So, as long as he keeps getting better at this level, when guys are bigger, stronger, and they're, the rule enforcement is a little more, how should I say, lax. <laughs> <laughs> they don't call holding as much they unless you're an all-pro. Yeah. yeah, as long mm -hmm. as you can find a way to fight through that, right. then I think you have a chance. Yeah. All right. So, uh, Sam Rogers. So, this one is interesting because the it's fullback. the fullback. Love it. Right? Yeah. I love it, too. I, I had to, like, train my hand to write fullback. F-B. Because yeah. we... When's the last time you wrote fullback? Uh, not often. How do you spell fullback? I mean, F-U-L-L-B-A-C-K. I had to look it fullback. up again. I forgot how to spell fullback. <laughs> I haven't seen one in forever. Well, it's interesting yeah. because, I mean, you, you think about uh, John Gruden, right? Yeah. Spider 2Y banana. <laughs> what Spider 2Y banana involved? Yeah. It involves a fullback. Yeah. And so I don't know how much fullback we're going to see, but McVay did say, you know, they might go 21 personnel, 22 personnel at some points. And so Zach Lasky, who is right now the only other fullback on the roster, and he comes from Georgia Tech, kind of did similar things um, in college as Sam Rogers. But McVay was saying that those two will have a chance to compete yeah. and see you know, who comes out on top there for a fullback position. You're a basketball fan, aren't you? I am, Professional yes. NBA? Yes. Uh, if you're not the Golden State Warriors, would you try to run with them? Would you try to beat Golden State at their own game? Well, if you're Houston, maybe. If, if you're you anybody weapons, else, yes. if you're anybody else, I mean, even the Cavs, like it's it's very hard, right? Because you know the Cavs can out can score with the best of anybody. So right? you might but, you might try to muscle them a little bit. Yeah, I guess that's your only approach. So it's if, your only it's your only hope. So if every defense in this division is built to run outside of Seattle, which is built to do both, they'll knock your teeth out and run at the same time. Uh huh. If every defense in this division or in this conference is built to run. Why not go fullback and pound them? Right, yeah. It, it makes sense, right? Uh -huh. It gives them something else to think about. Um, in college, I think you have it's it's more pronounced, at least when I was in college. You, you'll face teams that throw the ball, throw the ball, throw the ball, and then once on your schedule, you face a running team. Mm. So everything you did is out the window, right. and this is how you have to play. So if you do have a fullback on the roster, that opposing defense is going to have to rep 21 personnel. Mm -hmm. They're going to have to rep 22 personnel. They're going to have to replicate what you do to stop you. So that does provide some some advantage for a coaching staff. It does, and I, I think that's kind of what they're trying to look at, just different matchups. Yeah. How can we and take advantage of that? And if you don't have a fullback to replicate, you can put a tight end, you can put people there yeah. in practice, but it's nothing like what a real fullback's going to give you on game day. Exactly. Yeah. So I think that's one of these advantages that they're trying to get at um, by taking a guy like Rodgers. Uh, last guy, seven. And he better round. be able to cover. Yes. Because you know you're going to play a special team. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, fullbacks no. are, Fullbacks, they should bring like the old-fashioned lunch pail and a hard hat. <laughs> that's how you should show up to work every day because that's your job. Yes, yeah. no, it is, and, and it was funny. You're running I mean, the cement mixer. In that pick, you know, yeah. they're asking, they're they're talking to, to Bones Fossil yeah. and being like, hey, man, like we're going to get this guy. And Bones is excited because he knows that Sam Rogers is the kind of guy that's going to come in and he's going to play special teams. If I see him in like Nikes or designer shoes, I'm going to be mad. You should wear Brogans. <laughs> You should wear like Brogan work boots every day because that is your job. Don't I'm ever never, forget I'm, what you are. So how bad is it gonna be? I don't even know what. What are Brogans? What is that? Like like work boots, like yeah. construction work boots. Yeah, when you think of guys that work construction, right. the boots they wear. It, there's a reason why I don't know. That's those what boots. I'm saying. Yeah, that's that's you. <laughs> now when you make the Pro Bowl, then you can wear a suit. Yeah. You can become Moose Johnson. You can become a specialist. But until then, you're a fullback. <laughs> Go out there and shorten some necks. <laughs>
<laughs> Short some necks. I yeah. love that. All right. Uh, last guy. Pick 234 for the Rams. Their, their last pick uh, was outside linebacker, defensive end, whatever you want to call him, uh, Ejwin Price. Uh, sort of an undersized wait, wait. guy. Uh, he's an outside linebacker, not whatever you want to call him. Come on. Okay, outside linebacker in Wade Phillips' scheme. Pardon me. He was a defensive end mostly at Pitt, which is and why he's going I to did be that. a outside linebacker. How big is he? Um, he is not as big as many people. Because defensive ends like. now in this defense are 300 pounds. Yeah, well, okay. he's not outside linebackers pounds. look like this guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, no, he's listed at 241 pounds. Okay, five eleven. See, that's, so that's that's an OLB. Yeah, that is yeah, definitely that is not OLB. a defensive end unless so, you're just unless you're what's his butt up in, D- in Denver, then you can be that. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the, but it, it, what's interesting is, you know, he's got a lot of production too. And, yeah. the, you know, the tackles flush, got the sacks. Um, and what I thought was funny is there's an AP reporter, uh, Will Graves out of Pittsburgh, and he was basically saying, you know, man, a somewhat undersized pit defender goes to the Rams. That worked out pretty well the last time. Ha ha, right. Yeah. I know. Yeah, 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 I like it. Oh, I'm, if... Look, if you can get that same sort of tenacity, you're all over it, no doubt. Um, I think this was the quote I read about he gets to do what he does best, which is rush the passer Mm -hmm. on the edge. Okay, well, this is professional football, and sometimes you don't get to do what you do best all the time. Sure. So sometimes you're going to have to do what you don't like. Drop. Right. (laughs) Play the run. Do a lot of other things that will help a team win. That might be your role. So I know you can rush, but let me see if you can do this too. Yeah. to see how much I can put you in the rotation. If you're that good of a pass rusher, chances are you're going to be out there no matter what anyway. Uh-huh. But if you're a role player, then you might have to do things that you don't normally like. Well, and that's especially being a seventh-round pick. I mean, yeah. you know, being here as long as I've been here, I've seen it where seventh-round picks don't make the roster, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you know, you get these college free agents that come in, and sometimes you get competitions, and this, some people do better on special teams than others. So... Basically, all a seventh round pick kind of guarantees you is a meal ticket. Right. And you got to work. You got to earn it. You got, yeah, and you yeah. got to make sure that, you know, you do what you do in order to make the roster. Well, there's a seventh round pick that says, all I do is rush the passer. And then there's Robert Quinn who says that. Uh huh. Okay, he's earned it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right, what he yeah. does. Yeah, yeah. He gets two quarterback, gets ball out. Mm-hmm. That's why he says, I rush passer. We like that. You, you're going to have to earn that. Right. And so did he. Yeah. So one of the storylines that came out of this draft. Uh, for the Rams was they didn't pick any offensive linemen. Is that a big deal or not a big deal? Um, well, yeah. If um, if you go back and look at film from last season, yeah, you'd think that, okay, you need more guys, new and different guys. But maybe sometimes in football, and this is so funny. We were just talking about this, this the other day. If the Robinson-Havenstein right side actually works out, then Sean McVay is a genius. And yeah, all he did, so is Aaron Cromer. But all he did was flip positions. Yeah. It's not new guys. Right. He just put him here and him here. Right. And it started to work. Mm-hmm. Then you're a genius. So, look, I still think you've got some talent, some young talent with a lot of experience. Maybe a different voice in the offensive meeting room could get more out of them. Because it's not physical. Right. I think the the guys that struggled with physical aren't here anymore. Mm-hmm. Um in a season or a season or two from now, maybe the guys who struggle with it mentally won't be here. But physically, all these guys are good enough to play. Right, and so that's the thing that uh, Les Snead has talked about that I understand uh, where he's coming from. And what he has said is that, look, you know, you go back to 2015, the Rams, you know, blocked for Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley had over 100, uh, 1,100 yards and was one of the top three rushers in football. And with largely the same group, 
you didn't have backwards. that kind of production at all. <laughs> right. Right? So what, basically he's what saying, changed? what is it? Right. You know? And he, they're also talking about well, how... Well, I think you know what it is. They're just trying to be nice. Right. Yeah. Yes. But it, the other thing about it now is that you have a guy with Aaron Cromer who has a large resume of success mm -hmm. uh, going different places, doing different things um, w with offensive linemen, and he tends to get the most out of them. Right. And so when I hear Les Snead and Sean McVay say, look, there are guys in this group that we that the Rams just drafted a couple years ago that Aaron Cromer wants to work with, I take that to heart. And yeah. you, you at least give Cromer the opportunity to work with some of these guys and make them better. The same guys were on everybody's draft board. Yeah. Whatever team he was on didn't pick him, but it's not like he doesn't know who they are. That's true. Or have them highly regarded. So, yeah, there's there's talent here. Um, I have a question. Another, this isn't loaded. It's just a tough question. Uh -huh. And there's really no right or wrong answer because we're going to find out. What if Greg Robinson plays a better right tackle than Havenstein, but Havenstein can't handle guard? Well, that's, it's unfortunate. I mean, I mean, maybe maybe Jamon Brown plays guard then. Yeah, between those three, somebody's going to be the backup. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. That makes sense. And, right? and Cody Wickman too. We have to add him into the mix because he's got you know yeah. I don't know how many starts, uh, but he started you know nearly. He started a bunch of games over the last two years. Right. I can't remember the number off the top. You of my head. hope whatever you throw out there for your first mini camp is your offensive line that lasts through the Super Bowl. Right. But chances are there's going to be some mix and match. Yeah. But, I mean, some like Andrew Whitworth. We're assuming here's a guy that I'm circling that I'm saying left tackle is is done. Yep. We don't have to worry about that. Yes. Roger Saffold staying healthy, playing great football last year. Mm -hmm. You're set in stone. I assume your center is going to be Sullivan. I can't think that's a safe assumption as of right now because there are no real other centers on the roster. With Rainey as a backup. I mean, and that's, we'll find out. Right. And then the right side of the line will work itself out. Right. So if those guys come together, if you could find a way to get more out of that group, that's obviously going to help your offense, help Jared Goff, and help all the other picks and everybody else that's here move the football into the end zone. Right. And, they, you know, I and always... That, a long way to say, that's why I'm not shocked they didn't pick a lineman. Yes, me too. And I, I always love this because that's what we always said in high school, but it always starts up front. Always. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, you have to make sure that that's, that, that group of players is solid so that you can do everything else that you want to do. Until your quarterback becomes an all-pro. Right. And then it's a little bit different. It's about that guy. Yeah, you can mix and match yeah. up there. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. All right. So last thing before we get out of here, because we've, we've been at this for almost an hour. Can you believe that? Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I didn't know that being with me in Absolutely. here was so... All right. Well, no. It's so only been an hour. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's May the 4th. That's, you know, yes. what we, we started with. we started. With. It yeah. is where we started. Uh, what is your favorite Star Wars movie? Oh, wow, that's a toughie. Um, I like them all. You know what? I, I, do I, 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 I even like the, you know, from The Phantom Menace to The Clone Wars. Really? I, yeah, I like them all. It's a great story. I, I hope they keep making them. Yeah. I, yeah, I hope that, that the, it never ends as a franchise. I, I think it's, it should have like a national holiday. I think it's that great of a story. But if I had to pick one, if I'm cast away Tom Hanks on an island, yes. and I had one of those, you Empire Strikes Back. Absolutely. Okay, yeah. good. On that, we agree. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Come on. It's one of the best movies of all time. All time. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. It's a, a funny story, maybe. If I, I got know. stuck with The Phantom Menace, I wouldn't be too hurt. Uh, Aw. Just don't give me the second one. At least the third one. Yeah. And Rogue One, actually, is good. really good. The, the, the last two have been awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually, I'm looking forward to the, the Han Solo solo movie. 
Cool. You know, it'll have Donald Glover in it yeah, yeah. and that Ansel Engelhart guy. Oh man, we can't get through a podcast without you getting fined because your phone is buzzing, can we? It's been look. If it's no been, one call, it's been almost an hour, and so, no like, one calls me. Fair. That's a problem. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mr. Popular. Over I'm just there. saying. All right. Before we get yeah. out here, no, I do want to tell this story. So um, when I was a senior in high school. Um, we had a game on a Saturday because the team we were playing didn't have lights. So the night before, we all gotten together and we watched uh, Re Return of the Jedi, mm -hmm. so Episode Six. And so in that, you know, Admiral Akbar goes, "It's a trap, right?" Yeah, yeah. So it's great. So we have Not a bad. play. Yeah. yeah thank you. <laughs> so we have a play. It's trap check, right? So we told our quarterback. You, if we run a trap check and we're like, at some point tomorrow during the game, we run a trap check, you need to pull an Admiral Akbar. And you gotta say, it's a trap. And so, we're up at the end of the game, and honest to God, he comes in the huddle, and he goes, all right, blue, it's a trap check. On one, on one. Ready? Break. Did you guys bust up laughing? Oh, yeah, we did. Okay. <laughs> were you guys any good? Oh, yeah. Well, no, that year we were 8-2 in the okay, regular good. season. Thank we, won. God. we won that game 48-16. to 16, or Oh, okay, so you're blowing 16. them out. Okay. Yeah, no, we were right. blowing them out, and that's okay. when he comes in the huddle. It's a trap check. <laughs> it's a trap check. Yeah, Oh, my God. Awesome. That just ruined it forever. Yeah. That just oh, ruined sorry. for all time. No, the greatest it. thing about that game was that afterwards my O-line coach was like, that is the worst 48-16 to 16 victory I have ever seen. <laughs> I've had one of those. Don't you, don't you love coaches? Yeah. Especially, I like like being this age now when I see my old high school coaches. Remember when you made us run when we won fifty six to seven? What were you thinking? Yeah, like, what, what did we do? Like we just won forty eight to sixteen. Right. Right. Oh, oh yeah. Goodness gracious. Oh, oh my God. gosh. Glory days, right? Yes. All good stuff. All right. All good stuff. All right. Well, guys, with that, I think we're gonna get you out of here. Um, that has been between the horns. Thank you to my producer, Josh. Thank you, Demarco Far. May the fourth be with you. May the fourth be with you always. <laughs> Check you out next time. Rabbit, do you know how